part of being a creator means having a plan for growth. And a lot of us don't think beyond like what we're doing right now. But in this conversation I have today with Jessica, we're going to deep dive in to what it takes and what you do when it's time for your YouTube channel to take the next steps. Welcome to the Women of YouTube podcast. This podcast is hosted by me, Desiree Martins. Every week, I'm going to be showing up in your earbuds to inspire you on your YouTube journey with killer interviews with women YouTube creators, deep dives into the inner workings of how YouTube works, and discussing all the things about YouTube culture and the impact it is having on our world. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with vidIQ, where they help you maximize your videos to YouTube reach by studying titles, description, tags, and playlists relevant to your subject matter, while also studying your competitors to help you know exactly what you should be doing for your YouTube growth. So if you're a female creator looking to grow your channel, level up your content, and learn from the best women creators on the platform to get you on your way to YouTube success and future-proofing your income, this is the perfect place for you. Let's do this. What's up, ladies? Thank you so much for letting me spend time with you today here on The Women of Video. If you are new here, what's up? Thanks for joining me. My name is Desiree, and I'm here to help you on this crazy journey that we call creator life. And if you're not new, thanks for coming back. I'm super excited to spend this time with you. Now, again, like I said in the beginning, we don't really think about what's going to happen with our YouTube channels beyond like what they are currently doing. Like I know for me, I'm just like, I just want to grow and I'm trying to do these things and get this business and get these sponsors. But I haven't had like a fundamental shift in what my business does. I still am doing social media marketing work for others, but I have these other things I'm doing aside from it. I talked to Jessica today about her journey from being an Etsy creator to someone who helps other people have success on Etsy while still in the same vein and with those similarities, but it's, she doesn't sell anything anymore. Like she doesn't have an Etsy store anymore. Like how crazy cool is that that she's had such intense and amazing growth. Now, before we dive into this talk with Jessica, I want to make sure that you guys are checking out our two sponsors that help us make this show happen. Like without sponsors, without partners, very specifically, we are not here. And vidIQ and Spreadshop are amazing companies. I very picky about who I work with. And I, to the point where I don't really have a lot of people that I work with because I want to find the right people that are going to help you. If you want to know what videos that you should be making, who your competitors should be, if you want to know everything that you need to do to create better videos for your YouTube channel so that you can have growth, you need to go to vidIQ. Now let's say you're not a YouTube creator. Maybe you're here because you do reels or um, other kinds of pieces of content that have to do with video. VidIQ still has a lot of value for you because it can help you with creating better titles and still finding topics that make sense for you to make videos about. Because the more trending you can be, the more topical you can be, the more relevant you can be, the better you will have success right now. So take the time to go check out VidIQ for free over at womenofvideo.com forward slash VidIQ. And when it comes to Spreadshop, you guys, we have a store coming for the women of video. You're gonna get all of the merchy things. You're gonna have shirts, you're gonna have stickers, you're gonna have tumblers. We got this, the goods coming for you and I cannot wait to share with you. So make sure you're in our Facebook group, Women of Video. You're going to love it. When I launch the store, you can go get your own merch. And then of course, please, how can your brand, how can your business, whether it is on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, live streaming, or YouTube, how can you offer your community to be your advocates for you and like feel like they're a part of insider club through the right merchandise. And that is what it takes. Like we are building communities. Communities is where money comes from. And Jessica, our guest today, like she's all about it. Like I said, literally her community led to her 
just like not selling products anymore and instead educating them so they can have success selling their own. So check out Spreadshop. Again, you go to womeninvideo.com to check out both of our sponsors and today's episode with all of our show notes. And without further ado, let's do it. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today, Jessica, especially because I found you because you make beautiful, beautiful products that you share in there. And I think that that is just so stinking cool. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me this morning. Yes. Okay. Jessica, why video? Why video? Well, that's a really loaded question. <laughs> Coming in so I, <laughs> yeah, just jump right into it. So I really believe that video marketing is the way of the future and the way to grow your business is absolutely through video, um, both short-term and long-form uh, video. I started on YouTube in February of 2020 because one of my sponsors had kind of recommended it. Uh, and it turned out to be such a passion of mine to, to teach and to share everything that I had learned up until that point. So tell us, what kind of videos do you, what, what do you make videos about on the internet? I make videos about resin crafting, specifically like Tumblr type tutorials. So we do glitter and epoxy tumblers. I use multiple mediums on tumblers. We also do some other kind of basic resin crafting as well, but heavy focus on the cups. <laughs> uh, and on TikTok and some of my other platforms, I like to do short form video on like empowering women to chase their dreams and to motivate them and just kind of uplift, uplift people in my community and spread some positivity and joy in the day. And I think that that is so good. And guys, um, if you are not watching our video podcast, you're definitely going to want to go over to show notes. And I'm going to share with you guys the TikTok that brought me <laughs> to Jessica because I saw this Tumblr that she made. It's beautiful. It's pink. It's got these gorgeous big beads on it. And I can tell that it was just like an incredible labor of love. And someone just probably got the coolest cup ever um, yeah. from you because of this amazing creation. How Thank did you. you get into this? Yeah, so I started making um, tumblers a little over four years ago. I really, in I think it was Christmas of 2017, they had just released um, one of the new Cricut machines, which is, you know, the little cutter tool. Uh, and I had an old Cricut for many years, and I wanted the new one so I could do all the new projects I was seeing online. And I just became really obsessed with it. And so I went on YouTube, and I was looking up different things that you could do with this newer Cricut machine. And I came across some tutorials of women making these epoxy tumblers. And I just became hyper-focused, hyper-obsessed. I said, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, that January when I got my tax return, I went out and bought everything I needed to get started. And I just took off running and I haven't looked back since. And I mean, why, what is it about your products that you're making that people are just so drawn to? What is it that you figured out? Like, this is what's uniquely me that makes uh, it stand out and people want to buy from me. Gosh. Well, I, I think, so I haven't sold tumblers in two years. I'm, I'm mainly in the education space now, but when I was making cups, I think what, you know, I always talk to the people in my um, Patreon group about having a really memorable customer experience. Uh, I was super 
focused on providing like the best designs and execution of their custom order requests. And I would never say no to an order. Uh, and that really pushed me creatively to create new designs and try new things. Um, so I don't, I'm not, I, if that was the secret sauce, maybe that, <laughs> that's what it was. And I just worked really hard. I worked day in and day out and a lot of late nights and um, it, it just led me to this point. So tell us about the business journey of it. So I'm guessing since you started off creating the tumblers, now you evolve into education, you have this Patreon, which I definitely want to dive into. Um, but how have you been able to use video to promote your, your products, make money? How are you making money from this? Yes. So in the first couple of years that we were selling, I was selling on Etsy in the traditional way of selling crafts online. Um, so we would, I would make the cups based on the customer's request. You know, they pay ahead of time. Then we post the cup online to show people what we're doing. And we send off the cup. That's how it was going for the first couple of years. And then when, um, it was December, 2019, I started getting a couple companies that were interested in sponsoring me. Um, cause I was constantly posting my work online and, um, it was, January of 2020 that they strongly suggested I do YouTube. And so I started researching how to make money on YouTube because I quickly learned that I can't do both. I can't take custom orders and run my Etsy shop and create video. Uh, so the way I had monetized my channel is we first, well, immediately we applied for Amazon affiliates um, and I was making money through affiliate links with my Amazon uh, we also, like I said, we had sponsors who were sponsoring us with both free product and commission-based sales. And it kind of grew from there. I just kept taking on more sponsors as we were being approached. I'm so blessed to work with sponsors that I've been using their products for years. Uh, I'm so, so thankful for that because I absolutely love working with them. I love working with the product. And uh, I quickly learned that, you know, you can make this a full-time income. It's just, it requires a lot of work. So I put in at least 40 to 60 hours a week in creating video content and the video content sells the products that we're promoting with our sponsors. Uh, I also make money through the YouTube partner program with my views, which isn't a lot, <laughs> but it's, it's something. Uh, and then Eventually, we launched the Patreon group uh, where we sell a monthly membership. And for that membership, they get exclusive live video with me and my husband once a week where we have fun with them. We connect with our audience, teach them kind of more on like a one-on-one -on -one focused type format. Uh, and there's more things that we do in there. We have a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's mainly it. And I, I haven't sold a tumbler in over two years. Um, part of that too is for tax reasons, because I'm not set up to sell product in that way. Um, but that's how we do it. So what led to the desire to not sell product and switch into education? Yes. So at some point you have to, I think there's a lot of artists who reach a point where their skill is worth more than their art. 
sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I just reached that point where I couldn't, um, I couldn't keep up with orders. It was nonstop. I was having to push away orders or say no, or put my shop on vacation because I was so overwhelmed and I wasn't making enough per unit to justify the amount of time that I was putting into it. You know, I have three kids and uh, it just was a lot. Mm -hmm. And now it's still a lot. (laughs) It's just in a different kind of way. It's less labor heavy and more thinking heavy, I guess. Got it. Look, I'm really sorry to interrupt, but did you know that YouTube is the world's second biggest search engine? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but that's why every creator truly needs to be using vidIQ to grow their YouTube channel. vidIQ's tech helps you tailor your video ideas to match what people are searching for right now on YouTube. And once you're ready to upload, well, it starts optimizing and getting you all the details that you need to make sure your videos are getting noticed. If you really want to dive in more and get started for free, please head over to the womenofyoutube.com forward slash vidIQ to get started on this YouTube channel changing tool that is going to make things so much easier for you. All right, let's get back to it. So we always like to know and ask questions like so that we can learn from your experience. So what is something that like hard lesson that you learned as a creator? And maybe we can even approach it from twofold. Like, what was it like, what hard lessons have you learned as a creator on YouTube? And what were the hard lessons you learned as a creator on TikTok? Yes. So some hard lessons that I've had to learn is probably some of the most painful ones is um, number one, if you can, invest in somebody who can filter your comments for you so like before i log into youtube for the day i have someone that goes through my con like all my content comments and deletes anything that they don't think that i would want to see uh because you know one bad comment can ruin like my whole day and then i don't want to be creative and i'm upset i'm super sensitive (laughs) uh and then as far as like TikTok goes uh, you know, I've learned to not engage with negativity. You know, if you get a negative comment, just delete it, move on. Um, don't engage with negativity because it can bring you down really fast. You know, they say it takes like a thousand attaboys to erase one bad comment. Uh, and that has been so true in, in my experience. So you create on YouTube and TikTok. So which one was first, TikTok or YouTube? YouTube. Okay, so tell us about the transition. Why TikTok and, and how has it supported and helped your YouTube channel and your business? Yeah, so short form video is just kind of another leg of marketing for our YouTube videos. If I were to illustrate a sales funnel, TikTok would be kind of up at the top and trying to lead people down to where I ultimately want them to go, which is my YouTube, because we have more clicks and conversion through the links on our YouTube videos than any other platform. Mm-hmm. So the other reason for the TikTok is it gives me an opportunity to kind of let loose and show people more of my personality. Um, you know, if like, if YouTube was my corporate office, then like TikTok is kind of my neighborhood 
Applebee's, <laughs> you know, where I can like have lunch and dinner, you know, just kind of let loose and, and get to know my audience a little more and show off more of who I really am. Um, whereas I don't really have the opportunity in long form video on YouTube. I, and I love that, that you can like have more personality on TikTok versus on YouTube. But why do you think that has happened? Like, why do you think that being a YouTuber, we're like, once we know what our box is, we have to stay in our box. We're not allowed to leave our box. Otherwise YouTube gets mad at us and then throws our mm -hmm. box against the wall. But TikTok, mm -hmm. we can just be like silly and fun and, and tap into trends and, and have more fun. I know that there's something to be said for the longevity that YouTube has been around versus like the newness of TikTok. But mm -hmm. why do you, why do you think that that has happened? Like YouTube used to be this place where you can express yourself and be you and share your life. And now it's like, once we have you defined, you have to stay there. You know, I, I wish I knew the answer to that question. I think though, when we look at it from the perspective of a, a, a user, as someone who's using social media, I use YouTube now for education. If I'm trying to figure something out, I rarely go to YouTube for entertainment. Um, and I spend a majority of my time on entertainment with TikTok. So I think there's been kind of a shift in the user and what they're using it for. I, I mean, 10 years ago, I would absolutely turn on YouTube. I would look at my favorite creators and my subscriptions and I would watch their videos kind of in the background of what I was doing. And I was really interested in what they had going on. And now it's like, I just really don't have time to do that. Um, but I do have time to catch up with them on TikTok really quick and see what they have going on. Um, if I need to know how to install a lighting fixture in my house, I'm probably going to go to YouTube. So I just think that there's that difference now um, in where we've kind of shifted. Yeah. Where do you see short form video going and long form video going? Do you think it's going to kind of stay on this like same trajectory? Or do you think that like maybe long term video has a shelf life? I, I don't know <laughs> the answer to that question. I wish I did because I would like, I'm a control freak and I would like to control my destiny a little bit, <laughs> but I, I don't really know. I, I do know that TikTok wants to take on 10 minute video um, to compete with YouTube. And I'm, I am a little nervous about that, but I'm also trying to set myself up for that. I think that, um, the attention span of the average user is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, so one thing that I've had to evolve with as a creator on YouTube is changing frames every couple minutes. I'm trying to get to the point very quickly. I'm trying to highlight things very simply and quickly so that the average person can go in, get the information that they need and, and get out without spending too much of their day. Uh, because people are busy nowadays. A lot of us, some people are working multiple jobs. You've got kids, you've got the stress of society and everything going on. So I just, I think it would be of great value to anyone in the content creation space to really flex that short term, short form video muscle because they're going to need it. And I couldn't agree with you more. So what advice do you have to our YouTube listeners about bridging over to TikTok and using it as a method for support? Like what, maybe like three tips do you have um, for starting to create TikTok content versus what we're all kind of used to with YouTube? 
Yeah. So I would say my biggest advice is let go of your perfectionism. Don't let being perfect stop you from making content. Um, be comfortable with cringe content, be comfortable with being a little bit embarrassing. And, you know, uh, also let go of that. This goes with the first one, let go of that need for like high production production value, you know, mm -hmm. um, understand what you like to see when you're using TikTok and try to emulate that in the content that you're creating. Nobody wants to watch a 30 second time lapse of you doing something. We are trying to catch people's attention in a couple seconds or less. Uh, and then we need to keep that attention, particularly if we have a niche that's not all that exciting, you know, um, try to show your personality. And if you are somebody who's done a lot of educational based content on YouTube, it's going to be really hard for you to pull out <laughs> that kind of like fun side of you again and just be playful. I mean, you can always delete it if it's really bad, <laughs> but just jump in and do it and, and do it and do it and do it and do it. And just like anything else, it's going to take practice to get it down and be consistent in the same way that you would upload one to two videos a week at the same time, same day, every week on YouTube is similar to how you need to do it on TikTok, two to three videos a day if you want to see real growth and and really go for it. What are your thoughts on repurposing content? Like do you have you found success in like taking your TikToks and repurposing them to YouTube as shorts or um taking parts of your YouTube videos and converting them over for TikTok or maybe even putting them on Facebook Reels or Instagram Reels or Pinterest or something like what are your thoughts on repurposing and like for your industry, for your business, does it work? Absolutely. So a lot of the like process type videos of me actually making something are really just shortened edited clips from my YouTube videos. So every week a video goes up, I will pick my favorite or most visually appealing clips from that video. I will create one to two TikToks with that. I also edit them in a way that usually that same video can be made into a reel. Um, and then that's easy peasy. Uh, and then I fill in with a couple of like just goofy TikToks of me doing whatever. Like today, we're going to be filming like a day in the life of a YouTuber and just taking people along with me through my day of just two second clips all throughout the day to make up like a 30 second video. Okay, so what could we do when repurposing to have success? Like what is what are the right things that we need to do so that I mean, like you said, you had the funnel, right? You said the top is a TikTok and my ultimate goal is to get them to YouTube and probably even underneath that one is to get them to sign up for your program or yeah. buy something, all of those little salesy mm -hmm. things that we do as YouTubers, right? And the little hair flip, yeah, that's how we do. <laughs> um, but what do we like when we're when we're expanding where we are what we're creating because a lot of the rules of social media as a social media manager stuff is you want to keep people in the platform you want to mm -hmm. create content for that platform and, and make it so that it consumes but also at the same time you've got like pinterest where it's like on backlink to somewhere um with tiktok we want them to do something like hit follow or reef share or head over to youtube same with like facebook instagram like follow us here da, 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 da. how like what are the things that we need to do 
to do it right from like a details perspective? That's a really loaded question. <laughs> I'm here for the loaded questions. How I do things. Um, gosh, well, uh, I would. I am not very good at having a call to action in my TikToks or Reels. Uh, I really, I don't. I think with Instagram, obviously, you have your call to action in your captions. Uh, I know some people say go, you know, at the end of their YouTube's, go follow me for more tricks. I, to be honest with you, I am still learning how to effectively leverage those call to actions in my videos. I'm more focused on quantity and really pushing out a large amount of content because in my niche and what my experience is, is that um, quantity is king. You know, it doesn't really matter what I say in the video or what I'm trying to get people to do if I'm constantly in their face eventually they're going to do it. Um, so I, I wish I had a better answer to that question. <laughs> well, I think the I'm question still that, learning. I think that the question I think that like is, is like you're when, the way I said it, you were like, well, it's all based on your call to action. And mm -hmm. I think that's also, I think it's really important. Call to actions matter. Like I always tell people when I'm teaching about social media, like if your post doesn't have a purpose, it's pointless. And the mm -hmm. purpose as business owners is nothing to do with like views and followers. It's like, I want you on my email list. I want you to go buy from me. I want you to go to this place where I can have the conversations with you where you're going to then give me money in some, some way, shape or form. And if I'm a good at marketing, I'm doing it in a way you don't even realize I'm doing it. <laughs> but I yeah. think that us video creators, I think, have that like secret sauce, I think, over others. You can sell your merch with Spreadshop. Always free, always awesome. Why are we so awesome, you might ask? Simply sign up, upload your designs, lay out your products and shop, and we'll print and ship your order on demand anywhere in the world. We back our service with a 1,000% satisfaction guarantee. You can make and sell shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, totes, and even stickers. Get started today at Spreadshop.com. Always free and always awesome. Um, I also think it's important though, like having a good call to action is important, but also like the details, like make mm -hmm. sure if you're doing TikTok videos, you title it right. You have a good description. You have the backlink to the YouTube video or to your website or to your affiliate, like where they can buy something that like, like maybe it's related to what you're talking about. Um, you know, mm -hmm. that you're creating the supporting graphics for it. Like if you're doing an Instagram reel, like you need to create a cover for it because Instagram mm -hmm. reels and that grid kind of matter. And so it's just mm -hmm. make that extra time to do it. Creating a TikTok cover is important too. Like that first mm -hmm. second, putting the text in there so that it looks nice. Like that stuff matters. Using the right number of hashtags. Like don't hashtag stuff. I think mm -hmm. Instagram even just came out with this thing that said, Hashtags don't matter for discovery. Hashtags matter for association at this point. So you don't mm -hmm. have to use all 30 of them anymore. Like we have so many rules and things to pay attention to. I think it's really important as creators, like get good at one and add them in slowly. Unless you have a VA or a team member and they can just do it for you. They're paid to do it for you. Like that's, that would be my suggestion um, when it comes to repurposing content. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I guess I absolutely, I absolutely agree with the hashtag strategy. I mean, I'm constantly trying to understand what the best hashtag strategy is for my content. I always tell people in my paid group that, you know, a link tree on everything. So no matter where I'm at with you, I can find you everywhere else. 
um, and making sure that those links are solid. So if like I'm on your landing page, I need to be able to find your Instagram, your Facebook, your TikTok, and vice versa for every other platform. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So to help our um, cr creators know more about you and how they can create, I'll have a little rapid fire for us to go through. So what do you film with? I film on a iPhone 13 Max Pro <laughs> exclusively. I've built everything that I have through an iPhone. I don't have fancy camera equipment. I do have somewhat fancy lighting, probably like a mid-level lighting setup. Uh, and I edit everything through my phone uh, using the Kinemaster app. And who are your favorite female creators right now? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, well, Sunny Leonard Doozy is always my one of my favorites. She's on Instagram. She's not on TikTok. She's definitely on YouTube. Um, I also... Um, that's the only one I can think of, right? I'm like a deer in the headlights right now. I have so many people in my Tumblr community that I love and I would love to shout them out by name, but I would be here for an hour. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to leave anybody out. <laughs> All of the Tumblr creators go find yes. them, love them, buy from them. Right. <laughs> All my girls. Yes. Watch their content, watch their videos. Uh, there's a ton of us on YouTube and they're doing a fantastic job. I love them. <laughs> what is your next milestone you're looking to reach as a creator? Like what's your own self-imposed one? My next milestone as a creator, what I would like to achieve is moving into kind of the retail space. I mean, like right now I'm selling everybody else's products <laughs> and I've been doing that for a couple of years. And um, so kind of shifting my focus there a little bit, I, I can't reveal too much about my plans on that, but um, that's kind of my, my goal in the next year. Mm -hmm. uh, Additionally, I would really like to kind of come to a more, my, my goal really has always been to serve my audience in a major way. I lead with a servant's heart. And so being of service to the people in my community is number one beyond making money, beyond anything else. And I just really want to explore more within this next year on how I I can be better at doing that and being a better service to them, either through my content or whatever the case may be. Um, so I, yeah, that's kind of my plan this year. All right. So share with me a piece of advice that you wish you had had when you're getting started with creating content that our uh, creators can learn from. One piece of advice that I wish that I would have known when I first started uh, would be to really, really keep my focus on time management and prioritizing my time. Uh, it's really easy to get burnt out in content creation because you feel like you're kind of doing it all day, every day. 
Uh, and so if I were to compress that time a little more and be a little bit more disciplined on how I'm spending my time, I think that I would be a lot happier and feel a lot less burned out, <laughs> particularly if you're making, you know, two YouTube videos a week, that is a lot of time spent, especially if you are, you know, making art in those videos, um, commentary videos, not so it's not as big of a time commitment. Um, but if you are making something in your videos, you're doing two videos a week, you will really need to learn how to prioritize and compress your time. Also, I wish I would have focused more on um, backstock of videos, like having a backlog of content for days where I wasn't feeling well, um, so I could take some time off. Uh, because for like the first two years in my business, I hardly took a day off at all. Um, I think that that is common across all businesses, not just ones for attached to creators. Mm -hmm. I know the yeah. first probably, Jesus, five, six years of my business, it was just how many networking events can I go to? How many people can I talk to? How can I get some PR and growth and B&Is and networking? It's what I did for ever. I, finding YouTube relieved so much pressure off of my business from in that regard for sure but then as i got more and more into it i found that i'm like i want to just create and create and create and create and create and i end up falling back into almost that same pattern of like well i might not be driving everywhere and i get to wear stretchy pants i'm still working so much and so that creating smart not hard is i think where it's finding that happy medium for sure Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, on days where you feel really good and you're having a good makeup and hair day, film 20 intros in one day, film all the TikToks in that one day, like take yes. advantage of the days that we're feeling good. I, this is probably TMI, but one thing that I learned from listening to Sunny is scheduling content creation and work tasks around my cycle. And when I feel the best in the month, um, because there will inevitably be a time where I'm not feeling that well. And if I prepared for that by, you know, scheduling around that time and, and scheduling tasks that match with my strengths during that time in the month, um, is, has been really amazing for me as a creator and just being productive and getting things done. That needs to be a class in itself. How to create around your menstrual cycle. Everything you need to know. Like that needs that might be a podcast that we do. Like we're gonna bring in like a health expert, an OBGYN. She's gonna walk us through what our cycles are. And we're gonna associate them with the right activity. It's gonna be like wine pairing, but it's gonna be menstrual productivity pairing. Like this is a thing we're gonna have to do. So now I have to do it because I have mentioned this. There's books about it. I mean, it's just, it's really just maximizing your potential through those, you know, there's probably three or four different phases um, in each month. And um, so that, that, that's been super helpful for me. And just, you know, the other thing too, I wish that I would have, um, I was really focused on growing and I'm glad that I was because I grew really fast. I put a lot of hard, hard effort in. If you are somebody who really wants this and this is all you've ever wanted and you want that freedom that you, you can get from having your business on YouTube, know that there's going to be 
physically painful moments of growth where you are working so it feels like my every bone in my body would ache it was a full body exhaustion response um and it was like that for a while but there will be a time where you can kind of let off the gas you can kind of take a break like i've reached all the milestones i plan to reach now i can just okay you know so it's like I don't like to promote like burnout culture or just all gas, no breaks. But if you want to grow in the set period of time, there will be painful moments that are sometimes excruciating. Sometimes it was just so hard to plow forward, um, but it paid off, you know? Yeah. So knowing all of this, do you think that there's room on YouTube for new creators? Absolutely absolutely there is so you know what we consumed over three billion hours of content through youtube last year i think it was you know so there is plenty of hours to be had for people to put their foot in there but i will say don't start youtube to start youtube you start your business and youtube is but a leg of that business you know what i mean like i would not in, in today i would never just start youtube for the sake of making money on youtube have the skill have the business and youtube just puts it in motion it can promote it it can be a tool to grow your business but i i have a hard time coaching people who just want to start youtube because they think that's that's where they're going to make all the money it's like you're not going to make money on YouTube if you aren't an authority in a space, if you don't have the skill, if you don't already have somewhat of a community. I think you definitely, anyone can build a community through YouTube just from scratch, but you're going to have a much harder time. Your growth I, is going to be much slower. I love how you said that because I think I think about, because our partnership with VidIQ that we have, um, I talk a lot with creators that are not business owners mm -hmm. because they don't think of it that way. And it's a whole thing. Like I did this video with them actually talking about how you can make five figures with less than a thousand subscribers. And it just like, was a big deal. And it really is this idea. Like, look, y'all, if you are going to do this, every one of you gets in, I'm saying everyone, I would say 99 to hundred of you are getting into this because you want to blow up and make money. And a lot of them are like video game reviewers or tech review people, like all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And it's like, you have to establish what is the business of this. Mm -hmm. And then once I know what my business is, that's going to force me to ask some specific questions. Like what does my business do? What problems does it solve? And who do I want to quote unquote buy from me? Like who's my customer? Mm -hmm. Cause once mm -hmm. you know those three fundamental things, like you can build the business out. And I couldn't agree with you more that YouTube is an arm of what you do. Because even for me, I, I did a TikTok video that talked about like 10 ways I make money as a creator. Because mm -hmm. I'm not going to rely. I, I learned this as a business owner. When I would have clients, they would go away. As much as we all think, like I'm an ever in my agency, as much as I want someone to stay for forever. It ain't happening. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, their business can change and evolve and move forward. They can, we could be doing such a good job for them that they can hire someone in-house now to do it. So it's one of those things, like, you cannot rely on one income stream. Otherwise, you might as well have a job, right? That's what a job is. A job is you expecting one client to pay you 
And what happens when it goes away? What happens if you lose the job? What happens if they go? What if they've mismanaged their money and now the company is gone? There's so many things, right? So if you can identify what you're doing and then figure out the other things that are going to support it and you keep as a part of that, you will be gold. I love that advice that you gave. It's so, so, so good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, definitely. So where can people find you on the internet, Jessica? Uh, just Google Flynn, Flynn Sisters Boutique. I mean, we, we dominate that whole couple pages. I mean, you just Google Flynn Sisters Boutique and you'll find us on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, uh, YouTube. Love it. It's, it's where TikTok, wherever. I mean, we're everywhere. Um, we uh, recently, I transitioned off of Patreon and I manage my memberships through my own website. Um, we're currently sold out, but you can find that on FlynnSistersBoutique.com and everything else about us. Wonderful. Definitely. We'll have links to everything over in our show notes over at thewomenofvideo.com. Thank you so much again for your time today, Jessica. I am so grateful for your knowledge and your experience and sharing it with us. You and everyone is listening are impossibly amazing. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Women of YouTube podcast. We would love to know what you thought about this latest episode. So make sure to tag us with hashtag Women of YouTube with your thoughts.